The Bible says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. And so I'm going to magnify the name of God right now, as some of you may have seen on Facebook yesterday, was three years since I had brain surgery. Three years. And so for those of you that are new and don't know, I had a tumor on my brain stem, and uh, it was very difficult, to say the least very painful, and three years ago yesterday, I had eight hours of surgery with two doctors, a brain surgeon and an ear, nose, and throat specialist to remove what they could, and um, because the tumor was sticky, they removed it to the brain stem and then left some because they didn't want to tear it the brain stem because of loss of speech and all kinds of things. And so they left some of it. And um, I went to death's door, I'll tell you that. Very, very difficult. But he heard my voice and he delivered me from all of my fears. And my wife will vouch, my wife will vouch for you that... I was extremely weak, and all of the brain clutter that happens where your brain has to reconnect everything before you can do anything, before you can raise your hand or take a step or whatever. But God helped me and helped my brain put those things back together again, and so six months after the surgery, they had told me to come back so that they could test and see what was left and how much was left, let it gather itself, and then treat me accordingly. And so I went for the 40-minute MRI in the tunnel. Anybody been in the tunnel? Yeah, it's interesting. Some people struggle more than others in the tunnel, but... I went there and then took the disc to upstairs to my doctor, Jules and I went, and um, he looked at it and he was looking on his computer with an interesting look on his face and I said to him, I said, so doc, what, tell me what you see, and he said to me, he said, um, I told you that I would leave some of it. And I said, yeah, you did. And he said, and I did the surgery. I said, yeah, you did. And he said, I told you I would leave some of it, but he said, I don't see any of it left over. And, um, and uh, so I said, well, look at it a different angle. And uh, he said, he was, that's exactly what he was doing. He was looking at it. I don't know how they do that with those computers. They'll move it around and look at it from different ways and all of that. And he said, I, I, I have done that. And he said, I don't find it. So I said, well, then what are my restrictions? And he said, none. And I said, uh, when do you want me to come back? And so he wanted me to come back a year from the surgery 
which I did, and they couldn't find anything. And then I went back another year, and they couldn't find anything. And so I think I'm going in May. And so you just believe with us that God has taken that thing completely away so that we can do what God's called us to do. And so the scripture is, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Magnify him with me. Just say praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We go through trials and testings to see what we're made of, actually to see who God is in our life. And um, I had prayed to be healed and believed God to heal me before my surgery. But God chose to allow me to go through the surgery so that I could become a better person in Him. And then He helped heal me in a rapid fashion. And I just thank God for that. Hallelujah. Father, we come to you today. We look into your word. I ask that you would speak today. I ask that people would hear your voice, would hear your words and apply it to their life. That there would be deliverance and salvation that would come. That we would be encouraged but yet challenged. To live for you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad to see all of you here. I know some of you, this is your home church. Some of you, your guests. Maybe some of you, your husband made you come or your wife made you come. That's okay. That's okay. We're glad that you're here. But today... We celebrate with millions of Christians around the world the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We sang about it this morning. And this is a time in which we remind ourselves of what He did. How that He conquered sin, how He conquered death and the grave, and how He lives forever. And so glad that you're watching over the internet Some of you are from here, and uh, you're at home in groups, and you're watching. Just want to welcome you. But perhaps there may be someone watching over the Internet today, and you don't really know much about Easter. Maybe you're here today, and you don't know really the significance of this day and what we believe. Maybe you're here today, and you're not even sure that you believe. In Jesus. This man that we celebrate today is the Son of God. He came to this earth and he was born of a virgin. He lived here for 33 years and he was crucified on the cross. Perhaps that's the the nugget, the place in which we find ourselves during this time of year. And I'm reminded of the book, The Call of conversion. And it says this, the cross reveals the love of God and the cross assures forgiveness of sins. Greater love hath no man than this, 
that he lay down his life for his friend. Remember the passion and compassion that drove him during his hectic days here upon the earth. Remember the burning yearning that prostrate him in Gethsemane. Remember the scalding tears he wept over the sinful Jerusalem. Remember his pleading cry, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Surely this is love. Here is definite, visual, physical, unmistakable, universal, eternal proof of God's love for a sinful world. The basic need of every one of us is to be right with God. We cannot be right with God unless our sins are blotted out, our iniquities are removed, and our transgressions are covered with the blood. This is where the cross comes in. The cross is a finished transaction. The promise is based on the blood already shed and on the transaction already completed. The vilest offender bowing at the foot of the cross and claiming the cleansing power of the blood may know the peace of the total remission of all and every sin. I need the cross. You need the cross. Yes, the whole world needs the cross. So we believe that He died on the cross. We believe that He died for our sins. And we believe that He was ascended into heaven. And we believe, as was said earlier, that the Holy Spirit has come to us and now lives inside of us. And if I have a text, I'll take it from Mark 16, 1 through 4. Just four verses. And I want to highlight one. Here we find that the women were bringing spices to anoint the body of Jesus in the tomb. He had died on the cross. He had suffered. All of those things, you know the story. And now it's over and he's in the tomb. And they come to the tomb early in the morning. And then in verse 3, they ask themselves, who will roll away the large stone for us from the door of the tomb. And when they looked, the large great stone had been rolled away. The death and resurrection of Jesus offers us answers to our greatest problems. God wants to roll away the stone from your life and from mine. You see, this message is not only for the unbeliever, but it's for the believer as well. It's so important that we understand the superabundant power of a risen Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4, Paul says, For what I have received I pass on to you as the most important points, that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he was raised again on the third day, according to Scripture. All of this is according to the Bible. 
Without believing these truths, there can be no salvation. The death and resurrection of Christ is the central truth to Christianity. We call ourselves Christians. I call myself a Christian, a believer. I'm not ashamed of it. I accepted Christ when I was three years of age, and I'm how old now? 45. Deal. 55 years old. Walked with God a long time. Walked with Him through many, many difficult situations. But I believe in Jesus Christ. You see, these three truths, died for our sins, buried, and raised again. This is what is the guarantee of our salvation. This is, becomes the guarantee of our future resurrection. Some of you may not have thought about that recently. It becomes the guarantee of our future resurrection. And it has become the guarantee of our eternal life. Where we will live in heaven forever. 1 Corinthians 15, moving down 17 through 19, Paul explains that without his death and his burial and his resurrection, we are yet in our sins, and those who have died are perished. And we are of all men most miserable if our hope is only in this life. Yeah, we all have a life to live now. Each of us. But there's another life. You say, well, that sounds hokey. No, it's not hokey. Our spirits are made to live forever. Death in this body is not the end of it. So he has risen. And he is alive today. That's what makes him the Son of God. That's what makes and allows us to believe in Him and have eternal life. You see, the women were going to the tomb that day to anoint Jesus. The tomb. We don't use that term much. The tomb is a grave. It's a place of the dead. It's a chamber that holds dead things. Dead people. A tomb. But in verse 3, they ask themselves, who will roll away the large stone for us from the tomb? That's the question that I ask you today. Who is it that will roll away the stone from your tomb? Who will open your tomb for you? I have good news today. It's Jesus Jesus is the one that will roll that stone away. You see, many times we as believers think that, well, once we accept Christ, we're just alive in Him. That's true. But it's just like a house. He wants to move into every area of the house. Every room of the house. 
That's what he wants. And so, first of all, he will roll away the stone from the tomb that holds you in sin and will conquer the sin problem. You see, I can personally testify to that, to the fact that he forgave me of my sins and that he will continue to forgive me of my sins when I confess them to him. This isn't a one-time deal. This is a, 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 a progression. This is a life lived with him in your, li- in your personal life. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's all means all in the Greek and in the Hebrew. So therefore it includes you and it includes me. And so we all have a sin problem and we need Jesus to roll away the stone from those dead areas that are in our life. Even as believers. Sin. Not many people want to talk about sin. Let me mention just a few of them. In the believers now, not talking in the world. In the, it's in the world, but I'm talking about as believers. A dead area like gossiping or lying. I was telling, I think it was the staff this week. Anytime that you say something and you mislead the person that you're talking to, can I tell you that's lying? When you go into a courtroom, you put your hand on the Bible to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. When I go into a courtroom, I'll put my hand on, my, on the Bible, but I don't need the Bible to force me to tell the truth. I tell the truth because I think that, and I believe, that lying is a sin. And I think that when we tell stories or we communicate in a misleading fashion, I believe, I believe that that's lying. You say, well, that's, that's pretty tight there. Yeah? How about hatred and racism? In the church. I'm talking in the church. How about pride, which causes entitlement? Well, I deserve this or I deserve that. Or you should, you should give me this because of... How about having idols? You say, well, I don't worship any graven image like people do in other countries. Is there anything in your life that comes before Him? Before Jesus? Anything. You fill in the blanks. If it is, it's an idol. How about filthy talk? You say, well, um, the guys at work, they, they, they talk like that. What do you do? Do you participate in that? Or do you simply excuse yourself? And then when they ask you about it later, hey, I noticed you got up from the table during lunch when we were talking. You can simply say, I don't think that that language is appropriate. I don't want to be a part of it. You don't. You don't have to preach to them or bash them. You can live your Christianity life without 
even a word sometimes. What about stealing? In the church? Church people? Yeah. You take stuff from work that doesn't belong to you? Stealing. I know it's getting quiet in this room today. What about, here's one, using God's name in vain? Say, well, I don't cuss. I didn't say that. I said using his name in vain. Oh, my God. You say, do you have to go there? Let's just go there for a little bit. It's okay. Put your seatbelt on. Oh, my Lord. Lord, help us all. You say, well, I don't really think that that's cussing. When, when we use the Lord's name in vain, we don't put value to it. That's what it's talking about. Reverence and awe for who He is. So if, if we say, oh, God, help me, is different than, oh, my God. I know, I stepped on some people's toes. God is helping us. Amen. How about coveting? Wanting something, something that someone else has instead of being content with what God's given you. Drugs. Yeah, there's, there's drugs in the church. Dishonoring parents. Say, well, I'm, I'm grown now. No, you still honor your mom and dad. You still honor them. Barry brought up pornography. That's a tomb. That's, a, that's a, a dead area that God wants to set us free from. Laziness. You say, oh, did you have to bring that one up? The Bible instructs us to work hard with our hands. To be the best worker at the place that you work. Not for your name's sake, but for his name. And so, if you're not right with God today, those are areas that you're spiritually dead. And if there's areas in your life that you haven't given over to God so that he can control them and he can bring life into them, those happen to be tombs that are in our life. We're living in a day of crisis right now. I want to tell you, sin is a crisis for the whole world. Secondly, he rolls the stone away from the tomb of sickness and disease. He is the healer of every sickness and every disease. The Bible tells us that how Jesus performed miracles that were beyond the power of man. I love that. In Mark 5, the story there is Jairus, who was a leader in the synagogue. And he came and he fell down before Jesus. And he said, my daughter is sick and at the point of death. Please come and lay your hand on her and make her live. So Jesus started going with Jairus. And the crowd was surrounding him and here's where we have the little interruption so to say with the woman with the issue of blood 
in verse 26. She, she had suffered with it for 12 years. And she suffered so much. And she had so many doctors. In fact, the Bible says that she be, became poor from paying them, but was no better. Rather, she grew worse. And we all know the story that when she touched his clothing, that the hemorrhage stopped. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith in me has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. You see, Jesus rolls that stone away. He did it for her that kept her in sickness and in disease. I'm reminded a number of years back when I was in the country of Mali in West Africa. Anybody know where Mali is? Anybody ever hear of Timbuktu? Timbuktu is a city that's in Mali. It's up in the des desert, the Sahara Desert area. But um, this story reminds me when it says that she spent all that she had and grew poor and continued to get worse. We were in um, the capital city of Mali, which is Bamako. Timbuktu is not the capital. But, and we were holding services in a large auditorium. Um, it was a government auditorium. And at the end of the service, we were praying for the sick. And a man brought his four-year-old boy up for prayer who was born deaf and mute. Born deaf and mute. And this father said to us, said, um, I've spent 33, the equivalent to $33,000 on taking my son to Paris, to doctors there. He said, I, I even went to the witch doctors here in the country, and they did nothing for him. And that day we prayed for that young boy, and that boy was totally healed by the power of God. The, the boy looked at his father and could hear his father and begin to try to speak to his father. First time. First time ever. You can imagine the excitement as we watch. You can imagine the excitement of the father. But Jesus heals all of our sicknesses and all of our diseases. And the Bible goes on to say that while he was still talking that the messengers came to Jairus and told him it was too late that his daughter had died. And Jesus ignored them and he told Jairus, don't be afraid, just trust in me. And when they got to the house, the weeping and wailing was going on and they went into the room and Jesus took her by the hand and said, get up, little girl. And she jumped up and walked. You see, Jesus, when he heals you, he brings life into that area of your, of your life. That's what he does. I'm reminded of another story. I have in my hand this little thing. But I'm reminded of a, of a pastor way out in the bush. And um, this pastor had raised people from the dead, but he had gone and traveled. And one of the women 
of their church that was in another village had died. And so this pastor's wife um, went to visit the house of this dead lady. And she took with her another lady from the church. And um, as I have this, uh, this interview that I did on video somewhere, I'm still trying to find the box of my videos. Y'all pray for me that I find that box of videos. But um, as, as these two women were walking down the path to the next village, the pastor's wife said to the other church lady, she said, I believe that God is going to raise this woman from the dead. Do you have faith to believe that? Now, what a conversation to be in on. And the, church, the other church lady said, yes, I, I believe, I believe. And so they got to the house where this dead woman was, and she was in the room, and as is custom and tradition, there, they, there are mourners and people that go there, and they wail and weep, and it's, it's a loud racket, actually. But the pastor's wife uh, and the church lady asked where the body was, and they, mo- they pointed to a hut where the dead woman was laying in the bed. And the two of them went in, and filled with faith, they just began to pray and just began to believe God. And um, as this prayer continued, they noticed that this dead woman was moving. Now, she was stiff, and so they, they sent out to get a, a calabash, which is a gourd. And how many of you know what a gourd is? You know what a gourd is? Okay. So they come in different shapes and sizes. There's big round ones, and there's different shapes. I have, I have one here with me. So the, the, being primitive as they are, the big round one, they cut in half, and it becomes a bowl. And ones that are shaped like this, they cut them in half, and guess what? It becomes a spoon. And so when they came in with the bowl of water, they came in with a spoon like this. And they forced this woman's jaw open and began to put water inside of her mouth. And the longer that they prayed, the more this woman moved. And the more that they put water in her mouth, the more she began, began to, uh, started to move even more. And they, her, her arms were stiff, and so they massaged her arms. And her legs were stiff, and they massaged her legs. And after a while, the woman sat up in the bed. Now, all the while, there's weeping and wailing going out on outside. And they prayed for this woman to the point that she stood up. And the pastor and the other church lady walked out of the hut with the woman that was dead. Now, you want to... You want to talk about shutting down a funeral real quick? (laughs) The weeping and the wailing stopped. And they preached the gospel to all that were there. This woman was alive, raised from the dead by Jesus and by his power. 
Sickness is a crisis. In fact, right now, if you are sick in your body, I want you to stand up right where you are. Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. Just stand where you are. Anyone want prayer? Yep. And the rest of us, let's release our faith and just believe God right now. Amen? We believe in the power that Jesus has. So stretch your hand out to someone near you and let's believe together. Father, I thank you that you possess all power and all authority. I thank you that you heal every sickness and you heal every disease. And right now, all of us, we, we release our faith to believe for healing in these individuals who are standing right now. God, they are standing in faith, believing you to hear them this time and to answer and to drive out sickness and disease. And we all agree together right now. Right now. Release your faith right now. Jesus, we believe you to stretch forth your hand and to heal. Heal every sickness. Remove every pain. Drive out every infection in Jesus' name. I pray that they would sense something in their bodies even now as we're praying. That the symptoms would cease. The fever would stop. The pain would go away. The mobility would come in Jesus' name. Every joint be healed. Every chemical imbalance come into balance. Every germ be destroyed by the power of God. We pray these things. We trust you. We believe you to do it today for our friends. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. And he also can roll away the stone of spiritual death and open the way to eternal life. You see, nobody likes to talk about death in this life. We all know that death is part of this life. I just passed through uh, one year since I buried my dad. And um, I used to go and visit him in the hospital, and, and we would talk about heaven before he passed away. We'd talk about heaven. Sometimes people are concerned about, you know, what it's going to be like. And, and I would tell Dad, Dad, this is, this is what we preach. We preach this all of our, you preach this all of your life. Not that he was afraid of it, but he was concerned about Mom. And I would tell him, Mom's going to be fine. We're going to take care of Mom. She's, she's okay. But we all want to live. That's inside of us, to live. And we love our friends, and we love our family. We love our community. And many times people feel, well, I'll miss that or, or miss out on something. But unless you're a child of God and you're alive in Him, when He returns, we're all going to go the way of the grave. But remember, Jesus conquered death and made it possible for us to be resurrected from the dead 
and have eternal life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead. In other words, yet, even though he's already passed away, already in the grave, yet he will live. The Living Bible puts it this way. Even though he dies like everyone else, he shall live again. John 14, 19, Jesus said this, Because I live, you will live also. And so I can assure you today that if you accept and believe Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, death becomes a doorway to eternal life. You see, this is not just a message for the unbeliever. It's for the believers as well. Jesus died for all of us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And just as the women who were walking to the tomb that day, they asked the question, who will roll away the large stone for us from our tomb? The tomb that holds dead areas in your life. The tomb that maybe you haven't given Him control over yet. God wants us to live an abundant life, not just barely get by or barely squeak into heaven. He doesn't want that. He wants us to live an abundant life, one that's totally free in every area of our life where all bondages are removed, where wrong thinking is removed, and to live free from every besetting sin. Hebrews 12 says, Since we have a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from heaven, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet to trip us up and let us run with patience the specific race that God has set before you keeping our eyes on Jesus our leader and instructor he was willing to die a shameful death on the cross and because of that joy that afterwards he would receive and now he sits in a place of honor by the throne of God. You see, Jesus still rolls away the stones today. He did back then, and he does it for us today. He rolled his stone away from the tomb. And he'll roll your stone away from your tomb. Let's bow our hearts together. Perhaps you're here today and the Holy Spirit showed you something in your life. Maybe He highlighted something. Maybe you're here today or watching over the internet and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. I want to give you that opportunity today. Maybe you were just searching the internet. Maybe you don't go to church. It's not your thing. 
but somehow, some way, you ended up on this site. And you heard something today, and you feel like maybe God is speaking to you, or that there's a purpose in tuning in today. There is a purpose. God has a purpose for you. And He wants to change your life. He wants to forgive your sins. He wants to roll the stone away in those areas that you know aren't pleasing to Him. Maybe you're a believer. You've asked Him into your heart, but you haven't given Him permission to go into every room of your house. You've kept some rooms off limits for Him. Can I tell you that He wants to occupy every room in your house? He wants to be in the middle of every aspect of your life. He wants to go to work with you. He wants to live with you. He wants to be a blessing to you. Because He has a perfect plan for you, it's different than my the plan that he has for me, but it's a great one. If you're watching today or even in the room, maybe you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe you have, but you realize that there's some dead areas. There's some tombs in your life. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you that you would surrender every area of your life. Could be anger. I don't know what it is. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to show each of us where we need to surrender more to you. More to you. If you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ, we'd love to pray with you. We really would. You say, well, you know, I'm kind of shy and not really into going up in front of people. That's okay. We're just human beings here. But we'd like to pray with you. And if that's you, I'd like to ask you to come up and let us pray with you. Just come over here to the side Barry and I will join you and pray with you. Maybe you're a believer here and the Holy Spirit has showed you something and He's asking to let Him be in control of it. If that's you, come on up. Let us pray with you. Nobody's going to put you down. Nobody's going to say, well, that's ridiculous. We're not going to do that. We're just servants of God. We love God and we want the best that He has for you in your life. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And if, if you'd like to come for prayer for any reason, come down. Come down and meet us here. Come down and meet us here. Even if you'd like to just take some time before you rush out and Maybe ask the Holy Spirit, have I really given you everything? That's, a, that's an honest question. Have I really given you everything? 
I want to encourage you to do that today. Come down and join us for prayer. We're not going to take a long time. We're just going to believe God.